Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Uh, this week, we are at the PCA Trade Show uh, 2021, Las Vegas, Nevada, and we are sitting here with Scott Weeks from Iconic Cigar Leaf Company and Recluse Cigars. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I met Scott a couple of months ago while we were in Charlotte, and I'll get to that story here in just a minute. But before we do, uh, I'd like to invite you to go to creativebraincandy.com. Check out the great family of podcasts that we have there, including... The Video Game Lounge. If you are a cigar smoker and you're sitting around playing a video game while you're smoking a cigar, check out the Video Game Lounge. Uh, they don't do news. They just drink brews and play games. That's all they do. Uh, so check them out. The Video Game Lounge only on creativebrandcandy.com and wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. That's all the shilling I'm doing today, I think. So, Scott, welcome uh, to the program again. I'm very happy to have you here because you and I, we met a couple of months ago at May, end of May. Good times. Yeah. It was a good time uh, at the Vintage uh, Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Charlotte. Lots of laughs, yeah. Lots of laughs. Yeah. We were there for a couple hours. We had great conversations. I kind of want our listeners to get to know you a little bit, not okay. like, like, like I got to know you that night. Okay. So, let's start at the beginning, right? Where every good story starts at the beginning. Well, my mom you, and dad, they were <laughs> on a date. <laughs> how did you get how did you get into the cigar industry? Because I know it's part of your family, right? Yeah, I shot somebody <laughs> and uh, took their samples. They still haven't recovered the body yet. So. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, my actually, the true story is that my um, my grandfather was in the industry. Uh, he was a former police officer and then uh, retired from the police and spent 20 years in this industry. And then my dad got into the industry working with Philip Morris as a young man and then ended up transferring that into the cigar industry and spent 40 years in the cigar industry um, as an independent manufacturer's rep. And for those out there in, in Radio Land, the uh, independent manufacturer's reps are a rep that can represent several different manufacturers in one portfolio and they work straight on commission instead of salary. So that's what my grandfather did. That's what my dad did. And then that's what I did for 20 years. I, I, I spent 20 years out on the road visiting retailers and talking to end consumers about other manufacturers brands. Some of the biggest brands in the industry today uh, were, were had, had a helping hand from my family when they started. And, you know, I got to a point to where I decided to uh, stop building other people's brands. I think my family dedicated enough time to that. And I decided to start building my own brands. And that's when we created the Tabacaleta Leyendas Cubanas factory in the Dominican Republic. Nice. Yeah. How did that look? It had to be a weird time, right? Because you spent 20 years in the industry working for somebody else. And now you're like, no, I'm going to do this for myself now. 
What were some of the risks risks involved with that? Uh, well, you know, as a you know, as, as an independent manufacturer's representative, you're actually in business for yourself. So you're you're working with a lot of different manufacturers under your own marquee, and um, so the risk are is that. Uh, first of all, you're paying all your own expenses. There's no company car. There's no <laughs> health plan. There's no dental plan. There's no either you make it or you don't. So you basically it's a trial by fire and you can be out of business really quick or you can be a hero. Actually, the, the, to make it quick, you can be a hero or a zero, or a zero. really fast yeah. as an independent manufacturer's representative. So the, the key is, is develop the relationship with the retailers, the end consumers. Try and make sure that you represent the best brands that you possibly can so that when you go into those retail shops, the retailers are looking forward to seeing you instead of locking the door when they see your car pull up. <laughs> Did you have that happen? No, absolutely not. So from there, how did you get to Reckless? I had a vision. You know, I... I worked with uh, so many different companies. I mean, my family worked with Davidoff, with, you know, La Gloria Cabana, with uh, Taranio, CEO, Oliva, um, so many great companies, La Florida Minicana. And, yeah. you know, I took I took all of that different knowledge and I, I, I had all this knowledge in my head and I didn't really know what to do with it because I was at the mercy of other people's creations and other people's ideas. And I had all of this knowledge and all of this different technical knowledge, creative knowledge, and I had no outlet for it. And so it ended up being that I was going over to the Dominican Republic to meet with uh, with Joselito Dominguez, who has a huge factory. He makes about 20 million cigars a year. And so I went over there to meet with him. And we were talking about something that I was going to do as a manufacturer's rep. And we learned about each other's histories and stuff. And then I started thinking, you know, I think I might have found a place because then I met his son. That's the key. When I met his son, Jose Rafael, J.R. Dominguez, that was the key. When I met J.R., I realized that, you know, with his father's history and with J.R., um, you know, being in the industry, that J.R. and I might be able to put together something truly spectacular, separate and, and, and different from his father's situation. Right. So we hit it off right away. Uh, we started developing the... Um, the recluse product and the our, my factory production runs, which if anybody has been around the country and seen displays that look like honeycombs with pigtail cigars in them, those all come from Iconic Leaf Cigar. So we, we started developing the recluse products and it was just a great, you know, it was, it really was just a great creative. I mean, I felt like I was able to, to get that outlet for all of the stuff that I've been holding inside all of the best manufacturing processes in the world and put them into one cigar. And like, I feel like I've accomplished that. I really do. And I'm sure we'll probably get into those oh, yeah. nuances in a minute, but I, I really feel like I was able to do that. So I feel like I, I was able to, to, to accomplish what we. So you mentioned it's a creative outlet for you. Yes. I want to, I want to touch on that for just a second. Cause we're at the PCA. So I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the FDA. Do you see this fight as more of a First Amendment kind of fight, like freedom of expression, freedom of like, it, do you see it as that? Because it is a creative outlet for so many people. And as a creator yourself, do you see it as a, 
as an art form. I don't, I don't see, I see it as an art form. Yes. I don't see it as a first amendment issue except for packaging. Okay. If that's what we're talking about, if we're talking about packaging, then yes, I do. If we're talking about the actual components of cigars of, of creating the blend, I mean, there are chefs who consider themselves artists, right? So just because it's a consumable product and not something that hangs on the wall in, in a right. museum, does that mean that it's not art? Let's let's get into this if we have time, okay? Sure. I mean, I mean, I, well, you know, I don't, I don't really. If it's okay with you, I yeah. really don't like want to get into the semantics of the political aspect. But I do know that this is that you know once once you give go- government a flea, <laughs> they will try and build a regulatory yes perimeter and this whole thing started about cigarettes yeah back when the companies were discovered to be marketing to children and that situation created the tobacco control act of 2007 this was never intended to have to do anything with premium cigars but as with every government thing that ever happens whenever you give them something the devil is always in the details it was all in the wording and so Using a word like tobacco, then they can put everything. And basically, regula- regulation is taxation. Man. Yep. What happens is like when when certain political parties get into power, they don't want to raise taxes because it's bad for for uh, you know for the elections for and the stuff. Re-elections, yeah. So what they do is they just regulate the hell out of everybody, and that's taxation. They pull money out of corporations through regulations, and they can tax without legislating yeah okay so that's an easy way to do it right and that's what they do and this is really what this is all about it's about regulating more industry making more tax pulling more money into the federal government so you can make the government bigger so they can have more control over it what they already have control over now it's just ridiculous yeah no for sure and i didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole i just want to talk from a creator's perspective like how do you feel about that because Uh, i want to get into the creative process because you guys do things differently how you roll the cigars how you blend the cigars uh than what uh probably 90 95 percent of other manufacturers do let's talk about how how, how you uh, uh blend the cigars and okay absolutely so we want to start with rolling or blending where let's would start you with like blending go? okay blending okay so here's what here's my philosophy with blending cigars you have several different senses in the palate okay a, a master, a, a master blended cigar is a cigar that's going to stimulate all the senses of the palate at the same time. You don't want to get hit in the back of the throat. You don't want to get in the, hit in the front of the tongue. You don't want to get hit in the sides of the tongue. That's a blend that is either not fermented properly or the blend was not done properly. It's like if you take a Long Island iced tea and you put too much gin in it. Then the, then the drink is going to taste terrible, right? That's right. So a lot of times, like you have to, you know, I blend in my factory every single cigar. I blend for for flavor and smoothness and for a blend that stimulates all the senses of the palate at the same time. That's the way I blend. So all of these cigars, how long does it take you to, to do a blend, to come up with a blend? If you if you sit down, and you're like the creative juices are flowing like I want to I want to create something. I want to create something new. How long does it take you to blend? You want me to make something up that sounds believable, or you want me to tell you the truth? I want you to tell me the truth. <laughs> right. okay, what's the canned answer? <laughs> All right. The, the, so <clears throat> the truth is, is that 
I don't really understand how it works with me, but it's almost like magic. It's nothing wrong. It's with It's almost magic. like magic. I have these blends in my head before I even show up for the dance. It's like I've got I've picked up so much knowledge about tobacco and the and the science behind the leaf and the 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 seed strains and all of these different nuances and how they work together that I can I know I don't I don't want to I just telling the truth guys so if you're listening to me out there I'm just telling you the truth it's like I don't I don't understand it that's why I say it's kind of like magic it's like I get these blends in my head and almost every time I hit it on the first or second time wow the only one the only blend that I've done that took me longer than 2 days to blend was the draconian the recluse I draconian you telling me that yeah. and I had the draconian at the vintage yeah. in Charlotte and it's an amazing cigar yeah it's a, it's a, the recluse draconian is like a bowl of chili okay what I did was I created that blend because I got tired of people asking me about cuban cigars what do you think about cuba what do you think about this what do you think about that and so if you can't buy it in the US What's the point in talking about it? So what I did was I went and I spent some time at the factory and I created a blend that has six different leaves in it from five different countries. Wow. And so it's like it's like this amazing bowl of chili that just all the ingredients work perfectly together. The, the, the smoke is perfect. The draw is perfect. The burn is perfect. The flavor is perfect. And the recluse draconians that we have coming off the production line right now are the best since they've always been amazing. <clears throat> but the ones we've got coming off right now are the best that we've had come off the line since we created the blend in 2013. Nice. Yeah. Let's talk about the process, the rolling process, because you guys do things. You're very technical when it comes to the rolling because you do things differently. Like I said earlier, than probably 90, 95 percent of, of everyone else in the right. business. Let's talk about that because I think it's interesting and I have never had a bad cigar from you guys and this is probably why so let's talk about that process yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of brands out on the market there's a lot of choices for the end consumer to make when they walk into that humidor it's just like a retail shop right what's going to separate one retail shop from another one customer service right uh selection yeah. stuff like that so how can i do things better that's my thought process how can i do things the best possible way so I use the best rolling method on the planet to roll cigars. There's, there's two ways to roll cigars. 95% uh, of the factories in the world roll their cigars by folding the filler leaves. And then they put the binder on it. It's called bunching. They put the binder on it and then put it in the press. And then take it out of the press and put the wrapper on it. What we do is the original Cuban tradition. And that is what only 5% of factories in the world do. And it's called intubao or intubar or intubado. All three of those words is just a different pronunciation of saying the word tubing in English. So what we do is we take each filler leaf by hand and we roll them individually. And then we pull those separate rolls together and then we put the binder leaf on it. And then we put it in the press. What that does is that creates straight up and down airflow in the cigars. So there's no air restriction. It's not too easy on the draw. It's not stiff on the draw. It's an effortless draw every single time that you light the cigar up. As a matter of fact, you don't have to cut our cigars to smoke them. You can pinch any of our cigars on the opposite corners and the cap will pop and you just pull the flap off. And because it's rolled with that into bio method, it'll have an effortless draw every single time. Wow. 
there's, I don't think there's anybody else that can that can say that about their yeah. cigar. Does that take longer to do? To, yes. Is, is that why? Yes, it's more labor intensive, but it's worth it. It cuts our it cuts our production down by thirty percent. We can't roll as many cigars as other factories in the same day, but we don't have to take back any cigars for any kind of defects because we want our cigars to be a mini vacation for the end consumer. We don't want you to have to change the cigars diapers. We don't want you to have to babysit the cigar. When you light the cigar up, we want it to be a long scenic ride through the countryside in your mind and on your palate without a car crash at the end of your destination. And it absolutely is. We're smoking the white label right now. Yes, we are. My Uh, personal favorite. This is fantastic. I don't know. I don't remember if I had the white label at, Vint, at the vintage but this is this is hitting me just right first yeah. thing in the morning the little bit of coffee in me this is fantastic so when you're when you're coming up with these with these blends you automatically know that it's going to take you your, your production is going to be 30 percent lower than everybody else as a businessman when you when you decided that this was the direction you were going to go and this is how you wanted things rolled and this is how you wanted things done what, did you ever fight with yourself like, oh, but I could get 30% out more if I just did it this way? No, because when you start fighting with yourself, you become like everybody else. Okay. I'm not willing to become like everybody else. And and everything about my company, everything shows that I'm not willing to be like everybody else. From the rolling to the fermentation to the packaging to the whole works, man. We, 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 we are... We, we want to be at the top of the food chain, but we're willing to grow steadily, and we're not willing to outgrow ourselves either. Nice. How big is the factory? Because you were telling me a little bit about the factory that it's, it's, it's pretty substantial. Well, the, the parent, um, JR's dad's factory is on eight city blocks in Santiago in the Dominican Republic. It's huge. Huge. Uh, we are in that compound. We have a section in that compound where our factory is, and we have about 30 pairs of rollers. Rolling cigars nonstop. Wow. Now, a pair of rollers is a person who sits, they sit side by side, folks. And it's a person that does the intubile rolling method, the tubing of the filler, and a person that does the wrapper. So that's considered a pair. That's what they call a pair. And so we have about 30 pairs. Wow. 60 employees rolling cigars all the time. Do you know, just like on average, how many they can roll a day? Like someone who's been doing it for years and years and years. Well, if you're doing the, the folded filler, the bunch filler, uh, somebody could roll probably anywhere from 300 to 500 cigars a day. Wow. If you're doing the into bio method, you can roll a maximum of about 250 cigars a day. Wow. So you really are sacrificing production numbers for quality. Yes. Of and I think that is, in my mind, the definition of a boutique cigar manufacturer. It is quality over quantity that's the only way that i'm willing to do it and like i've had some real like heated discussions with the factory you know at different times that told me you know we're not going to be able to do this we're not going to be able to do that just like that cigar you're smoking the recluse amadeus white label i was told that couldn't be done because that's an ecuadorian shade that's box pressed Okay, and so I was told that it couldn't be done. I'm like, I know it can be done. I know that we can figure out a way to make that Ecuadorian shade box press because it's a very sensitive wrapper and it has a tendency to break easy. So if you're going to box press it, it's easy to make it to where that cigar starts to morph the shape and pop the wrapper. But we figured out a process. It takes instead of instead of the normal pressing time, it takes five times the amount of pressing time to get that cigar. And it's multiple stages. 
Okay. Wow. So, yeah, this wow. It's absolutely, it's a gorgeous looking cigar, number one. Yeah. And number two, it's just fantastic. It's absolutely. Thank you, my friend. You're a man of impeccable taste and character. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're the only person that's ever told me that. Uh, probably for good reason. So as a boutique manufacturer, and I know the, the, the show's getting ready to start. Uh, we, we're going to have. Uh, I'm good. I got plenty of time in. for you, my friend. As a boutique manufacturer and a boutique. I hate that word. I know you do. I hate the I, word boutique. But but you are. Yeah. I know you hate it. I know. You, <laughs> but you know what? For me and for a lot of folks out there, they prefer the boutique. Yeah. As, as opposed to some of the larger I know brands. that's the word that identifies people that something is unique and special. But it's, and, like I said earlier, right. it's quality over quantity. Right. And that's not a bad thing. Okay. But you, you face different challenges than bigger guys. Bigger guys have a whole other set of challenges. You have a different set of challenges. How do you get your cigar, which, by the way, should probably be in a, the majority of humidors across the country. How do you how, how do you do that? You're just one man, Scott. You are just one man. You are you are an amazing guy. You really are. But you're just one man. How do you get how do you get that done? Listen, man, the guys that have these big companies have a have a lot more stress day to day than I do. OK, I tried to always make my decisions where I'm looking down at the surface and not up at it. Right. OK, so when you're making decisions where you're looking up at the surface, it ages you real quickly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I try and always make every decision that I do where I'm squeezing a nickel and making a dime fall out. As long as it doesn't have to do with <laughs> sacrificing quality. Right. Okay, where quality, that's where I draw the line. So I, I actually have a life that is not very stressful. And I'm able to use my talents and my creativity and do what I love to do and do it in my own timeline and not be forced to do it on somebody else's timeline. I think that really sums up who you are and who recluse is who iconic cigar leaf company yeah. is it's you do it your way yes that's i mean right. we're in vegas so i guess that kind of makes sense we, that's right he did I'm it his way plays my own trail brother yeah and i nothing. did it my way that's right yeah. I, that's exactly what it, yeah that's perfect that's perfect so what's next what's next for recluse well would it be okay if i just like speed bump for one second and add one little thing in there absolutely okay i'd like to tell everybody out there uh two things about the cigars in addition to the intobal just to let them know how much labor intensive we go through in the manufacturing process uh, is that would that be okay with absolutely you? yes okay. all right the um most factories every tobacco leaf in the world has ammonia in it and you got to bring that ammonia out most factories ferment their leaf to get that ammonia out uh, from one to six months. My factory is one of the only factories in the world that ferments every leaf in the cigar for two years. Wow. Okay, that means every leaf in the cigar, except for the wrapper, because fermentation makes the wrapper get makes the leaf get darker as it goes along. So we ferment all the filler, all the binder for two years, eight three-month fermentation cycles. So what does that mean to your listeners? It means that they're going to get a lot of flavor in the cigar. And at the same time, because of that fermentation, every cigar that they pick up that has recluse on it is going to have an effortless draw every time. And then they might also notice that almost all of our cigars are box pressed. And a lot of people out there don't really understand what box pressing is for. 
But box pressing actually has a real function that's very important in the cigar. When you take a round cigar and you box press it, basically what you're doing is you're compressing the airspace in the blend. When you compress the airspace in the blend, that forces the cigar to burn slower and burn cooler. Now, if you do that with the folded filler, like most factories do with their folder filler, then the draw, uh, the draw is still good, but it never lives up to its full potential. Where the magic happens is the way that we do it. When you do the box pressing in conjunction with the intubao, the tubing of the filler, then you get a cigar that burns slower, burns cooler, and has an effortless draw. And then with the two years of fermentation, you get all the flavor with none of the baggage. Okay, so that's what truly makes these cigars special. The, the blends, the, the pro, the, the extensive, lengthy processes that go into making the cigars that's where my passion is is doing it better than anybody else is willing to do because you go you are absolutely going the extra mile and you knew that going in you knew that this was what i wanted to do it's just amazing to me from a business perspective not not a creator or an artistic perspective from a business perspective going in saying i'm willing to lose maybe some some money on it but in the long run like I'll, I'll get that back in, in space. It's a stronger mar- exactly. It's a stronger market the way that I'm doing it because you can you can you can grow your business beyond your quality limits. Okay, and when you do that, then you're a flash in the pan. What you're only as good as your last cigar, my friend. You're only as good as your last cigar. When your brand starts to suck, that's it. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much money you've spent to market it. It doesn't matter how much time, investment, whatever. If your cigar start, if you start to outgrow your quality, okay, you're dead in the water. Okay. So when you grow and you're in the quality and these production processes, these lengthy production processes are a priority, then what happens is your growth is solid. It's a firm foundation to build your house on. It take a, take an earthquake to shake it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I do. I build my business on a, str- I build my house on a very strong foundation. Okay. Of quality, of doing everything the right way, but not just the right way, way beyond the right way. Okay. Way, way, way beyond the right way. So the foundation is solid, my friend. And, you know, I'm willing to grow at an organic pace. When you started this and yeah. this was your vision, like how hard did you have to fight for this with some of your, you know, with some of the business partners, you already kind of alluded to, you know, the factory came back and was like, ah, we could do this. We can't do this. Like, how hard have you had to fight for this? There was a lot. There was several times when, like, we were trying to figure stuff out that there was, like, some differences of how we were going to do it. And I always, like, you know, want to figure out how to accomplish something that nobody else can accomplish. So, like, just as cigar you're smoking, for example, what I told you about the the several stages of box pressing to get that cigar. Well, I also invented two cigar shapes over the last 11 years. One's called the Sidewinder, and the other's called the Canoe, which is a box press perfecto that nobody thought could be done, especially with intubile rolling. So there's plenty of situations. And, and the Lancero, oh my goodness, JR and I had a marital dispute over that Lancero <laughs> because doing a doing, I, I had a retailer in Florida. And he wanted me to make a Lancero for him because he loves my Recluse Amadeus Habana Reserva. So he said, hey, you want to make a Lancero? I said, no. No, I, I don't, don't want to no. make a Lancero. No, sir, he said, well, if you make me a Lancero, I'll buy this many. I said, well, I'm going going to the factory in three okay, weeks to see what I can do. Lancero <laughs> so coming up. You don't want to run away from the nickel, right? Right. So what I did was I went to the factory. Uh, JR and I, we started working on it. He said, we cannot do this cigar because basically you're talking about in two bio and you're trying to get that blend 
which has four filler leaves in it, you're trying to get that into a Lancero ring gauge, which is very narrow, into bio roll. Right. Okay. And he was like, we cannot do this. We can't do this. And so what I did was I happened to have a little bit of cash with me. Okay. And so I took, I took $500 out and I went to the lead roller. Okay. The head guy. And I said, listen, I want you to offer $500 cash to the first person who can get this blend into bow to work in a Lancero size to where the cigar is amazing. I'm telling you, there was Chavetta's tobacco, everything <laughs> flying everywhere, man. It looked like a tornado going through the factory. <laughs> Money talks. And then, listen, six hours later, it I had that six Lance. Hours. Six hours later. Holy cow. I had that Lancero in my hand, and it was amazing. And we figured out how to do it. So, but, but hey, if you always listen to the first response and you never are, are and you never have the drive to get past the, 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 the obstacles, then you're never going to be successful. It, my thing, my, 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 one of my number one passions in life is to try and figure out ways to do things that other people cannot do in every aspect of my life. Okay. When people tell me something can't be done, you might as well, you might as well give me a five hour, ener- uh, what, what do they call it? Those, a those energy five hour energy yep. extra. <laughs> give me a shot, a triple shot latte on top of that, a shot of tequila and a Viagra, brother, because I'm telling you, when you tell me that something can't be done, okay, that's what drives me. That's I awesome. will figure out a way to do it. That is and awesome. I, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm where I am today. I would, I would, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. What's next for Recluse? Uh, that's interesting. You know, every year we feel like we're under a lot of pressure for what's next, what's next, what's next. That puts a lot of strain on companies, you know, because they have to inventory that what's next. That's right. They have to inventory that's what's next. They have to market that what's next. They have to go out there and sell that's what's next. And then they still got all their other inventory. So they have to expand their expenses, not their warehouses and all that stuff. So here's what I did in 2016. Before August the 8th of 2016, which was the FDA cutoff date, if you go back and look at the press releases for 2016, I had nine new blends out here on the show floor. There's press releases all over there. Anybody in in the listening can pull up uh, 2016 and pull up all the press releases and see all of my blends for the next 15 years. Jeez. Okay? And so I have those blends. They're, they're packaged. They've already been shipped into the United States. They've already sold to certain retailers. So we had to pass through and the import and all that. And so we have those blends, but I'm going to release them when I want to. Okay. I'm going to release them when the time is right. I'm going to, well, let me, let me put it this way. They're already been, they've already been released. Sure. So I am going to showcase them into the market when I'm ready to do it. When I think the time is right and I'm not going to push myself to do it. Because I don't want to put a strain on the factory. I don't want to put a strain on the warehouse. I don't want to put a strain on the company. I'm going to grow organically. I have all of those releases. They're all in the press releases from 2016. They're all in the United States. But I'm going to showcase them when I'm ready to showcase them. And when the market tells me that I'm so well saturated in the market that I have to have somewhere to grow to, Right now, I don't have to have somewhere to grow. I don't have to do that. No. Right now, I've got plenty of room to grow. 
with uh, with what I have. These factory production runs are crazy. I yeah, sell these honeycomb factory production all over the country. These are they sell like Q-tips and tampons, man. They're like they sell. <laughs> they they sell everywhere without exception. It's amazing. That cigar turns. It's a it's a premium cigar that 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 we make when the retailers order it, and so it, we're able to. It's able to retail on the market for for six dollars to nine dollars. Okay. And, 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 and the retailers are, are making good profit off of it and it's, it's turning. So it's a staple in most retail shops and it's, it's, it's insane what's going on with those wow. cigars. So if your listeners are out there and they're, they're looking in a retail shop and they see these displays that look like a, a honeycomb, you know, and they see the pigtail cigars in there, go in and buy them because they're amazing. Good cigars. Amazing. Yeah. All into bottle rolled, great blends. We make them in 51 different shapes. And we make it in eight different blends. Do they tell people about that? That the end of bow rolled, and like, or they just sit there? Because when I go into a shop, well, if they and don't, I see they're these, running away from a nickel, right? Because you got to tell people, right? Right. Yeah. Like when you walk in, like I see those, and nobody ever says, "Hey, you should try these." This is what this is. This is what this is. They never say that. It's always because I see these everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. Well, maybe we. Maybe that's a failure on 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 iconic leaf cigar side. Maybe we need to get the word out better, which I think maybe we might be doing today. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Go into your B&Ms, look for these, yeah. and talk to the retailer about it. So you're not worried about the FDA and substantial equivalents and all that because you're, you're set. Listen, man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't sit around and worry about that stuff. I've made all the decision that, decisions that I possibly can to get ahead of this thing, to get my my stuff into the United States to do the pass through to the retailers, to release the products, to develop the packaging, the blends and all of that. That's my growth for the next 15 to 20 years. Okay. So that's in the bag. All right. So what happens is going to happen. But fortunately, like I, 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 all of my blends have been applied for, but we didn't, but right before the deadline to file the paperwork, they won the lawsuit. When we had all the paperwork filed, everything was filed, ready to submit, because we're good. Yeah. We're good. But we were we had everything filed, ready to submit. It was like 10 days before we were going to submit it. And then the <laughs> lawsuit with, uh, with in the federal court, uh, we won that lawsuit, so we didn't have to file it yeah. right there. That's awesome. So, but all the paperwork's done. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Don't worry about it. You just, because you're good to go. Is the PCA a big part of that? Like, supporting them coming here? Like, they're fighting the FDA? Like, yeah, I think I think what I think was I think yes, the PCA and the CRA, the Cigar Rights of America, are are the lifeblood of where we what we've been able to accomplish so far in this regulatory fight. I think guys like Rocky Patel, uh, Carlito Fuente, uh, they've been like really out front and and supporting and and it's been a big help to us little guys out here in the market as well. So we really, I got to give my hats off to those guys for what they're doing. I mean, we can't, we can't contribute a lion's share like those guys do, but they have a lion's share of the market. So it helps that they're able to bear some of that burden for the little guys. And we really, really very much appreciate it. Well, you say little guys, but I'm going to tell you, this is, these are some of the best cigars on the market. Bar Thank you, nine. I, I absolutely uh, love these. I appreciate the time. Where are you off to next? Like, so are you just going to go home after the show now and decompress and relax? Or? Yeah, that's a requirement. <laughs> okay. I have to go home and flatline for a few days and just go off the grid and uh, put my phone on vibrate 
and just uh you know just sit I mean, i'm gonna i live on a lake uh in north carolina Scott side smoke a cigar just, yeah yeah maybe maybe spend a day or two on the boat just like you know getting back my balance again and then uh get back at it nice scott weeks recluse cigars iconic cigar leaf company i appreciate the time man it is awesome look if you ever hear of a of a recluse event you ever hear him uh that he's going to be somewhere i'm telling you you've got to meet scott weeks one of the best down-to-earth genuine guys in the industry that i've met personally and spent time with this guy's awesome he has you're a wealth of knowledge you were steeped in this you grew up in it and you've turned that knowledge into a fantastic cigar man Sure, I don't even need coffee now. I feel so warm and fuzzy and pumped up about that. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you, my friend. Like I said, you're a man of impeccable taste yeah. and character, or you're a glutton for punishment. Well, we, maybe we'll a leave that to be decided. A, a little <laughs> uh, but join me next time, folks, where I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.